0: be affected by the drought so that's people losing their jobs um, you know if the crops failed they were looking at the the fruit sector most of the stuff it's the export market so it's the stuff that comes to um, our retailers here fruit wine um, and then in this is this turmoil (laughs) because people don't have water to drink and they don't have water for the crops They don't have, um, you're not allowed to flush or lose. I mean, it's just, so this this passage really, this story of Elijah has really resonated because I've got this picture in my mind of what a drought looks like in reality and the impact on people because you've got people now who have lost their jobs, crops have failed. and then you had people at each other's throats. Um, some people coming out and saying, oh, you know, this is God's judgment on Cape Town. Um, but it actually wasn't. It was mismanagement of resources from the state. Um, they'd been warned that this was going to happen, and they hadn't all sorts of dramas, okay? But the remarkable thing, everybody got on their knees, Yeah a whole city stopping and praying for the rain because things had got so desperate. And then the entire nation started to stop and pray for rain because this drought was spreading up the coast um, into the the hinterland. And to see um, just whole towns coming into their square and praying, and crying out to God for the rain, to lift the drought, and some of the footage is remarkable, Um, and I tried to download it, and all of that, but if you just go and Google the first rains in South Africa, and just the footage is phenomenal, when the heavens opened. Um, a week before the sort of, they called it sort of ground zero day <laughs> when everything would have to be switched off. And um, it, it's just phenomenal. So it really brings this whole thing for me in my mind. Um, very, it makes it very real. And the footage is incredible. Whole rivers that are completely dry, um, barren where the, everything on the side has died and you see this water starting to flow and just dams starting to fill up. Just incredible. And people literally with those first storms jumping out of their cars on the highway and just praising God like in the middle of the highways, just thanking God for this rain. And it really just struck me, do we have that hunger and that thirst for the rain of heaven? How desperate are we for God's reign, um, to see a nation come to a standstill, to pray for rain. Anyway, so Elijah, um, we're in King, 1 Kings 18, and it's 41 to 46, and I've got the doofy So let's just look at it here quickly. This is the scripture, Nigel read it, but half of you weren't here. So then Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink. Where there is the sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. Then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, There's nothing. And seven times he said, Go again. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, There is a cloud. As small as a man's hand, rising out of the sea. So he said, go up. Say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind. And there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah. And he girded up his loins... And he ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Quite an amazing story, hey? And I, in my mind, I can just picture, you know, the sort of top of Table Mountain <laughs> um, looking out to sea, looking for that cloud. And um, even with the sight of a cloud, there's no guarantee of a rain, yeah? Um, but because I've had the surgery, I'm. Um, going to make you work a little bit because I actually can't talk too much and as I looked at this so many questions that are sort of flagging up in my brain Um, what is the significance of the number seven why did he have to do it seven times why wasn't it six or eight yeah Um, and what other examples of sevens do we have in scripture Another question that popped up in my head was, what's the significance of the servant? We always focus on Elijah, but what of the servant? And are there other examples of this in Scripture where somebody else steps in to do the running, okay, or the holding or whatever? Thinking about the cloud, what would we draw from this in our reality today? So as believers of Jesus, as followers of Jesus... If we think about a cloud, what are we thinking about? What could we say about Elijah sending someone else to be the watchman stroke woman? Um, You know, why did Elijah not do it himself? It was his prophecy, his word, God had given it to him. Why wasn't he doing it? Why did he send other people? So what I'd like us to do, just very briefly, uh, I want to sort of divide you up on this side of the room... I would like you to consider what is the significance of the number seven. So that top question. And what other examples of sevens are there in Scripture? So just get into the holy huddles, threes, fours, fives. If they're new people, just draw, you know, draw them in. If I can ask them in this sort of section here, if we could just, again, just draw people in, fours and fives. If you could look at what's the significance of the, of the servant. Why was he important in the story? And are there other examples? So please, from the back as well, if you could join in on this particular topic. So we're just going to do it for five minutes. Obviously, you're getting the routine now. In this section, in Holy Huddles thinking about the cloud what could we draw about this in our reality today guys at the back just draw everyone in and finally here okay holy huddles draw people in this last one what could we say about elijah sending somebody else to do his work okay what could we say Just say one more minute to draw your sort of ideas, and then we, we will actually ask you to share them. I will ask you to share them. So one more minute. Okay, here we go. So this one is about sevens, is it? Anything you'd like to share that really captured you here?
1: Well, which is seven is... Uh, no. God created the world in six days and seven days rested. The Wall of Jericho was uh, broken down after seven Yes, yeah. yeah,
0: but give 70 times. Seven. 70. Um, what were the others? Seven lands. Seven, seven, church. seven, seven churches. Yes. And the meaning mm-hmm. of number seven. And the meaning of number seven? Completion. Okay, mm-hmm. Completion. From this group? Uh,
1: festival, festival, uh-huh. of bo- festival of Booths, seven booths. Okay, so seven booths. We've had them.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah you have had most Anything here? Anything you feel is significant?
1: Here we go. You just um, Naaman told, I'm sorry, Elijah told Naaman to go and wash seven times and he had leprosy. Yes. Yeah,
0: no <laughs> yeah, prizes today. Did we say seven, seven days <laughs> of the week and God rested on the seventh? Did yeah. we say that? Okay, so seven days of the week that we have it. Anything else? We are seven now. Okay. And there's a group of seven. Whoa, <laughs> extra blessed. Okay, so what is the significance of the servant? Maybe just one idea. Please, Please Jenny. Yep,
1: yep. Do the talking, guys.
0: <laughs> now, come on. Feel free. No one, no one's watching. I'll stand in front
1: of you. Okay. Okay, I'm thinking um, Elijah was so focused on his praying. And he couldn't be distracted by anything, so asked for his servant to watch seven times the skies to see if it's any effect of his prayings. Mm-hmm. Um And as um, mm, I, I think uh, seven is uh, God's number, as you said, completion, meaning completion, mm-hmm. and.
0: Um, Okay, that's excellent. Okay, so Elijah was incredibly focused on what he was doing. Anything from this group? That's brilliant. Okay, okay. There we go.
1: uh, One thing uh, was that uh, Elijah was focusing very much
0: inside, and uh, he also needed uh, someone who is looking outside. So God is both to be found inside and outside.
1: Also, um, that the servant is equally as important in God's scheme of things. That it, the focus is not only on Elijah,
0: but the servant, that we shouldn't just look for one person to do everything, but we are also just as equal, and God can use us as much as... Okay. The, import- uh, the, the importance of obedience and, and being steadfast, uh, not, not to lose heart uh, after the six. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So obedience, steadfast, importance of the servant...
1: Yeah, we was thinking also of uh, witness, um, you know, somebody to witness what's happening yeah. rather than somebody working by themselves. There's always uh, extra witness and, uh, yeah. Yeah,
0: I hadn't thought of that. That's really true um, about having a witness to what was going on in the process of it happening. Right, let's come on to thinking about the cloud. <laughs> no. no. It's fine.
1: we had a lot of good thoughts we had thoughts on silver linings in the cloud so hope and had thoughts about uh, dramatic Steven Spielberg movies, <laughs> a hand rising to say hello yeah, yeah. Um, to communicate and we were just saying that we're quite lucky to have the Holy Spirit and not have to wait by the sea so long yeah. and lastly how the cloud was very small but they kept faith which yeah. is kind of reminds us of a bit of the mustard Seed and having a small drop of faith.
0: Yeah, yeah. Anything else? Okay, anyone? Yeah, we we'll agree that, like that one. From this group, anything that you feel?
1: Sure, there was significance in the small hand and um, if I was praying seven times I'd probably be quite disappointed with the small cloud in the distance yet they had faith that that was the rain and I think as well they were so focused through this drought and uh, in our busyness and in our comfort, we often don't experience the drought and we lose focus and so we don't see the small cloud on the horizon that might be the answer to God's yeah. prayer.
0: Mm-hmm. Very true. Anything else from this group that you'd like to add?
1: <coughs> yeah, we the, um, the <coughs> oh, we, yeah, we thought the fact that we thought the fact that the cloud um, appeared uh, small but after a, a long time of nothingness and uh, sometimes you, you react differently sometimes it gives you a, a small amount of faith sometimes it it uh, doesn 't mean much um, for different people but when there 's been nothing for a long time, you might have been praying for a long time and um, and seen nothing um, and then it, it it might give you that that Small amount of, of faith, but as Yvonne said, the um, the fact that we should be uh, consistently fervent in prayer and not give up praying to uh, continue praying is the key to uh, seeing uh, greater things. Amen.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Right, let's come to the back here. In terms of what was Elijah's story here? Why? Did he send somebody else? Um, I think that was mentioned before as well about having a witness.
1: And, um, yeah, we we're saying how, like, Elijah had this confidence. It's like he knows that God is going to answer the prayers, and he's sending the servant to, um, to go, like, you, to, for him to, to see it for himself as well. Yeah. Yeah, we also thought Elijah was like um, Christ, Christ knows the end of the harvest and the servant doesn't. And the servant is like the church. And Christ, he wants the church to go out and do, to partner with him and and to to, to see the fulfillment of God's uh, plans. So he keeps sending. And the church will keep having to go through all the different uh, dispensations until they see God's uh, plan come to fruition.
0: Amen. Amen. Do you get that? about Elijah being a symbol of Christ and about the sending and the church and all of us participating. (laughs) Um, So just one idea I guess you're thinking about is, I haven't really thought about so carefully, is this idea that there's often times in the Bible where you almost have someone announcing or someone kind of witnessing in order for it to be declared first before something happens as well. Um, And that kind of happens quite a few times with Jesus, I don't quite. I don't know what the significance of that is, apart from I guess the witness is really important. But there is almost something about declaring before it happens, yeah, or declaring when other people don't know, which
1: is which is like something that is valued at least throughout the New Testament. But well.
0: um, I guess Rachel was saying something similar. I think, um, yeah, sort of similar. I, the only thing that I extra that I could add was um, when Jesus says. Uh, Blessed are you because you've seen and believed, but more blessed will you be those who have not seen and yet have still believed. Amen. Sure. Last group. Anything profound? Guys? No? We agree. You agree? Okay, they agreed. That's profound. (laughs) Ten minutes left, yeah. (laughs) So thank you very much, everyone. I mean, apart from the actual sort of exercise... You know, it's so healthy when we as believers can just talk about the scriptures. Yeah? And there's an exercise in that itself that we just talk about the scriptures in a very relaxed and easy manner. And asking those questions what does this mean? Very quickly, some of the thoughts that I'd sort of scribbled down seven, yes, it's a sign, a symbol of finishedness, completeness. Perfection I did a bit of a trawl um, seven is used over seven hundred times throughout the Bible um, from Genesis Exodus all the way through most of you sort of picked up a lot of them in revelation seven is used more than fifty times seven letters to the churches seven spirits before the throne some remarkable stuff and a, a really good study on the number seven so if you but it often Throughout the Bible sometimes seven is seven, okay, end of. But in in if you look at the pattern throughout scripture, it is often a sign, a symbol of God's perfection, completeness. So there's something in there. The servanthood, again, this is just some of my thoughts. You've covered a lot of it. One thing that I was trying to think about, well, what is there an example of this somewhere else? And something that just came to me was about Joshua holding up Moses' arms. so when he couldn't do it anymore, somebody came alongside him and held up his hands so that Moses could worship and praise the Lord. I was thinking about the cloud, and immediately when I think cloud, I think rain, and again just blessing, baptism, sustenance, cleansing, um, all this sort of stuff. There's a lot in this, and then about oh, Elijah sending someone else. I just put down there, we need each other. Yes, there's the witness, the, all those things important. But I think as a body as of, of believers in a particular church, we need each other. And I think this is very important. And again, I think it was raised over here about the servant, the, everybody's important in the kingdom of God. Um, It's not just about the guy (coughs) or the woman, for that matter, um, at the center of the stage or doing stuff or who has the mic. Everybody's important, but we need each other. We don't do these things alone. And it's for that witness, for holding each other up as we journey in Christ Jesus. Looking at this scripture, just a bit of teaching, some thoughts that were laid on my, my heart last night, It's a powerful few few verses, very powerful. And I was saying, Lord, well, what can we draw from this for our day-to-day living? So here are some of these things. The promise. God had promised Elijah. The word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year. Go present yourself to Ahab, and I will send the rain. God had made a promise. And this journey of Elijah hung on this promise. <laughs> he was doing all this stuff because of the promise of God. So he, he hung on that. For that group over there, the declaration. Verse 41 Go up, eat, and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. There had been no rain for about three and a half years. There wasn't a cloud in the sky. Apparently, I read somewhere that rain doesn't come in that direction in Israel, okay, I believe. Um, so it was an unusual occurrence for the cloud to be left and not right, for instance. And Elijah, and you mentioned it, he declared it even before he it Because he had the promise, yeah? So he was... Living in that place where the rain was falling. And not just falling, but in abundance. Yeah, And that is the declaration. The promise, the declaration. Then comes in the slog, the perseverance. Okay, There is nothing, says the servant. And seven times, Elijah says, go again go again, the perseverance, the promise, the declaration, Elijah living in that place already where there was an abundance of rain. So even though here around him he saw nothing, the earth was dry, barren, in his heart he had the promise. And he declared it over that place. But in his heart he was living there already. Because okay, he had the promise. But he had to walk it. He had to walk through it. But he had the promise. He made the declaration. He persevered. This is something we often forget about is the expectation. You know, when I come to church on a Sunday morning, I expect to meet God. I expect to worship him in spirit and in truth. Even though I don't feel like it. Yeah? I expect it. I expect to meet my mates. I expect to have coffee. Yeah? But I expect to receive from heaven. There's an expectation that sometimes we lack. We know the promises. We often declare things in the spiritual realm. We often persevere in prayer. But what are our expectation levels like? Do we, and I've seen it, we've prayed for people for healing, and it's, yeah, it's not really my thing. True. True. They don't expect it. And I think, for me, I've had to walk through a journey of saying, you know what, I actually deserve what God has given me. And sometimes we we don't, we have this thing in our heads, we don't deserve it. We don't deserve the grace. We don't deserve the healing. We don't deserve whatever it might be. And we knock it back. And God's like saying, I'm wanting to pour out my blessings on you. Yeah, but I don't really deserve it. Jesus died for us so that we become new creatures in Christ Jesus, we deserve it because of Jesus. Does that make sense? Not because of who we are, but because of Jesus. Expectation. Finally, the outcome. He girded up his loins and he ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. And literally it says there that he tied up his thong and he got his Nikes on, okay, And this is quite awesome, if you think about it, that he outran a guy in a chariot. Does that explain the abundance of the Lord? The abundance of the rain? So we have the promise, the declaration, the perseverance, the expectation, and then the outcome. And a lot of us have walked this journey. We've had a promise from God. And every now and again, we lose sight of that. This morning, Stevie had a picture for me that actually confirmed something that happened two years ago. And I thought God had forgotten. Yeah, and Stevie gave me this word. And the accuracy was just, (laughs) okay? God never forgets his promises to us. And the book that we read, hopefully every day, is laden with promises. He wants us to have that declaration in our spirit that these things are yes and amen, okay? We deserve them because of Christ Jesus. We may not be worthy, but we can still hang our hat on those things. I have to always speak about Jesus. And this really struck me, um... About When we think about the reign of heaven, the reign, and there was just this little verse in Acts, and it's Paul. Nevertheless, he did not leave himself, that's Jesus without witness, in that he did good, gave us rain from heaven and fruitful seasons, filling our hearts with food and gladness. And I just think that's an incredible link into the New Testament. The rain from heaven filling our hearts with food and gladness. Okay, I loved that little, I was like, oh, thank you, Lord, when I got that one last night. Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. It's our eternal promise. Elijah had nothing to go on. <laughs> huh? He had nothing to go on except the whisper into his spirit, I will send the rain. We have Jesus. We have the gift of the Holy Spirit. We have a book <laughs> that we can hang our hats on. We have Jesus. And that hope of eternal glory, our sins forgiven, washed in the blood of the Lamb, new creatures in Christ Jesus that we are being renewed daily. Elijah didn't have that. But he still had the expectation that the rain would fall. And I think that's awesome. The Holy Spirit, our helper, filling our hearts with food and gladness. I think that's incredible. We don't have to do this on our own. Jesus died. He gave us the gift of God's Holy Spirit living, dwelling in us so that we can do as Elijah did. We can look at a dead situation, and we can see life. We can see the new person in Christ Jesus. We can see hope where there is hopelessness. We can see justice where there is injustice. We can rise up on wings like eagles. We don't have to play dead. We don't have to accept the drought. And where there is a dead end, we can declare victory in the name of Jesus. Because we have that hope. We journey, we persevere, we have this thing. Some of us, we pray for particular things that we have maybe 20, 30 years ago were promised. And we haven't seen it yet. But every now and again it rises up. And we say, yes, yes. I will keep on going. I will keep on journeying. It is a pilgrimage of perseverance. But we have Jesus. We have the Holy Spirit. And we can keep declaring life into dead situations as we journey, as we pilgrim. And I just want to, before we go back into a time of worship, is those last sort of couple of verses from Habakkuk. Is it there? Okay. Okay. The hymn of faith. I love this, and um, I've used it where things have just, ah, Lord, what's happening? I can't cope. And then the Holy Spirit says, stand up, rise up. And though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no fruit, food, Though the flock may be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. When we've lost steam, this is a wonderful one to hang your hat on. And to declare that declaration, I will not give up. I will rejoice. In the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. That is my witness. It is my testimony personally. The faithfulness of God. The strength of God. And he has made my feet like deer's feet. And I can testify that through Christ Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit... He has made me run on those hills. He has taken me to the high mountains. And I have known the sweetest intimacy in the presence of God. And I'd like us all to know that. So as we worship again, hang your hat on this. That declaration, I will. I will. And let's do this together. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. I will make my feet like deer's feet, and he will make me walk on my high heels. Amen. Hallelujah.